So it's like taking accountability for our lives as deliberate designers of our lives, being willing to take action to like almost move the needle. Like, you know, in business, we are moving the needle. And when you focus on how can I move the needle, that's where you get some real traction. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle, and we've got another great episode today at The Pursuit. You know we're all about your best body, mind, spirit, and life. Today, I have Jillian Shecker with me. Jillian is a joy and mindfulness coach. She's the author of The Daily Joy Journal. She's a joy wizard, as we like <laughs> to talk about, and uh, and she actually leads what are called joy sessions. She's a facilitator for it, part of me. Uh, and you're going to love, love today. I've gotten to know Jillian uh, recently and you are going to love hearing from her. Jillian, thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So <laughs> let's, <laughs> your your brand, I mean, what you do is pretty unique. I don't know anyone else that does what you do. So tell us a bit about it. How did it come to be? How, how did you end up doing what you're doing? Oh my, that feels loaded. So you might have to cut me off because I could talk and talk, but um but yeah, I feel like for me, joy has always been um, a strategy. You know, I have like people in my family that like, always consider me the joyful one. Um, and so while I've used it, I think in my life, like just knowing that that um, really it's about a sense of, of alignment for me. There are places for sure in my life where I feel like I left it by the side of the road. I talk mm. about like just kind of leaving it behind um, in my kind of youth. I, um, I was definitely like, a people pleaser, um, definitely codependent, definitely cared more about like keeping everyone around me comfortable. Mm. And slowly over time, I kind of felt um, a distancing from myself and my own spirit. And um, in my kind of later 20s, early 30s, um, uh, well, in my 30s, early 30s, I lost my dad suddenly to a heart attack. And it was at that point where previously I'd been just drinking like socially when he died it just felt like my world exploded and I started drinking wine every day just to kind of cope with mm. my feel like not feel actually mm. <laughs> like actually not feel my feelings um and I also look back at that time and feel like I it, I left myself like I really went to caretake everyone else I never stopped to think like what do I need now mm. and how do I need to nurture myself or be nurtured through this loss mm. um so for years i drank and it got progressively worse which addiction does mm -hmm. and um yeah by the end it was just like a lot of uh, a lot of suffering a lot of um a lot of like misery it feels like where you're just in it really in it knowing that you want to be more of who you are but not sure how to do it and so i talk about how i had like three dark nights of the soul really came back to myself and and chose sobriety chose a life of like to come back to joy to reclaim my joy reclaim who i really am and from that point forward like that was my path to like my joy path i would say that's where it like got lit up was in that moment where i came back to home to myself i atoned for you know all the mistakes and the fuck ups and the places where i wasn't who i really am um mm -hmm. because that sort of shit it creates a lot of suffering for those around us too, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I got kind of aligned and from there forward is where the joy work started. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's <laughs> Going deep. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's, it's so fascinating how often out of our own personal pain comes beautiful work that we Power. can then share with, uh, with the rest of the world too. Um, yeah. you know, it's interesting. You said, uh, joy has been a strategy. And then of course you went through, uh, your addiction and depression, all of that stuff at those times. 
And then joy came out of that again of, all right, it's time to step into more of who I am. You know, it's funny in the business world, that's the world that I'm in. I mean, you don't hear too much about people saying joy is a strategy, mm-hmm. you know? So talk to us yeah. a little bit about that. Cause I, I love it. I mean, my life has completely changed when I started to incorporate, I wouldn't have used those words joy as a strategy, but that's ultimately what some of the things I've been doing. So tell us about it. Yeah, I love it. We are so aligned. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I firmly believe that joy is an inside job. And I also work with a lot of business owners who um, are doing amazing things in the world and by all means would seem like they are experiencing success and are just not actually happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's when you are externalizing that your happiness or your peace or your joy um, so that everything around you needs to be okay in order for you to feel okay or you know, everything around me needs to feel like what my definition of, or look like what my definition of success looks like. But if it's not feeling the way you want it to feel, then it's not really true success. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I kind of started on my path, like really started to feel the feelings, which I could talk for about 10 days around. Mm -hmm. Um, but I won't, I'll be as, uh, as, as short winded as I possibly can around it. But I feel like when I started to feel my feelings, it was really this journey of like, you know, who am I and and, um, how do I use my feelings as a compass? Um, And I think in our world, especially in business, it's like, it's about performance. It's about like optics. It's about money. It's about all of, again, these things outside of us. Um, When really, when you get down to it, like our feelings are, are here to guide us. And if we're not in touch with them, if we don't have the ability to feel them and not just the good ones, but all of them, then we're missing out on a key component of joy, which I feel is that alignment piece, you know? So yeah, the business, the people I work with are like, it's like we're either building their business with joy or we're building joy back into their business and lives. And I feel like there's no longer that boundary between life and business anymore. Like that to me is like, so 2019. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. funny. Cause if you look at, we're probably similar in age, but if you look at a lot of our parents, I mean, there was not a lot talk about feeling your feelings, expressing your feelings. It was more of varying and certainly their parents would have been similar like that too. And yeah. there's certainly the world is opening up more to this idea of it. Yet I think there's still, often there can be a lot of stigma for lack of a better term around it. And I, no doubt in my mind, anybody watching this right now, anybody listening to this right now, if they're honest, they'd think, yeah, I would like more joy in my life. You know, Mm -hmm. I would, I would love to have that. They think they want more money. They think they, you know, we want the body, we want the relationship, we want the car. But the truth is, is, as it's the feeling is Mm -hmm. what we're really seeking. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, I want more joy. That sounds like a good strategy. What are some things I can start doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, actually created what I call the joy method. And for me, it's just, I, I, I think a lot of in terms of strategy. And so I call it soulful strategy because it's like how to use the mind as a tool instead of a weapon Mm. (laughs) against ourselves, which is so easy to do. So it's really using, um, first starting with the feelings. So beginning to develop a relationship with yourself where you're able to feel all of the feelings and not just the good ones. Like joy seems like this bright, exuberant, shiny experience, but it can actually be a very deep, deep level experience, you know? And for anyone who's gone through contrast or the things that I would say you would never choose in your life, um, you might've had the experience of of walking a path of grief 
and joy at the same time. You know, when you lose a loved one, but you've, you're steeped in memories or you're, you're really, really in that place that is very, feels very divinely spiritual mm. or connected or otherworldly or those kinds of moments. So, um, so I feel like being able to honor our feelings, all of them, give room to all of them, start to use them as a compass, start to get curious about them um, rather than maybe resisting them or mm-hmm. hanging on to them. Mm-hmm. Beautiful book by Jill Bolt Taylor, who is a neuroscientist and she had a stroke and studied her own stroke. Mm. Um, and she studied her own recovery and she found that a feeling only lasts 90 seconds. And uh, this honest to God was how I was able to be sober wow. <laughs> because if it wasn't for that, I was so overwhelmed with my feel, like with the feelings that I'd never owned or felt like it was really, really um, just wild. Like how, how painful that was actually to be like, Oh my God, how do you do this? Like even the joy, I feel like I was numbing that. And um, Brene Brown talks a lot in her vulnerability talks around like how you can't selectively numb. So mm. by numbing pain, I was also numbing joy and gratitude and the higher vibrational frequencies so when I got sober, even the, like all of the joy was actually overwhelming, like the joy, the gratitude, the, the gratitude to be alive and, um, and reconnecting with myself and others in my life again. So again, these are all loaded questions, but I would say, so coming back home to yourself and, and that looks different for everyone, but I feel like, um, I feel like joy is actually a habit. It's a practice. So I even talk a lot about ritual, which to me sounds maybe wooey to some of your listeners, maybe, maybe not, <laughs> but it's, it's really just a practice. Like what are you doing every day to connect more deeply to yourself? What are you doing every day to honor your feelings? Um, in the joy method, it's the feelings and then the thoughts. And as you know, like our thoughts are so, so, so powerful that is expanding energy in the world and in our experiences. And so if we're just going about our lives willy nilly, we could very well be expanding things we don't want to have happen. So it's understanding that about the mind and really using the focus as a magic wand and consistently asking the self, like, what do I want to have happen instead of focusing on all the things that suck or Mm -hmm. aren't going well. Um, And so there's that. And then there's really setting intention. So being intentional, when we understand the mind is a tool, that's a powerful tool then we can start to use it to pave, I call it like paving a pathway for ourselves, paving Mm. a pathway forward um, toward what we want to have happen. Mm. Then it's all around like inspired action. Mm -hmm. I feel like law of attraction. I love you love. Mm -hmm. We're like, we get it. We love Mm -hmm. it. But when I first started doing joy sessions, it was very steeped in law of attraction. And what I found was missing was the action bit. Like people, I was having these little joy sessions in my living room and having 10 people over at lunchtime and, they would leave and I'd be like, something feels incomplete, you know, like mm. it's something's kind of missing. And then I um, was just kind of feeling into like, what is this actually, what's going on here? What is my intention with these, with these people, with myself in this lifetime? And it was like, there's momentum missing. There's like commitment missing. There was, you know, mm. so um, I brought in some psychology. I studied psychology previously and, and brought in some CBT, like around um, the thoughts and the behaviors and the actions, the thoughts feelings and actions all being interrelated and how we can actually shift things so profoundly by whether it's with the feelings or the thoughts or the behaviors. So it's like taking accountability for our lives as deliberate designers of our lives, being willing to take action to like almost move the needle. Like, you know, in business we are moving the needle. And when Mm -hmm. you focus on how can I move the needle, that's where you get some real traction. Right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So yeah. I think so much of this stuff because it is it's a lot of these things are deep conversations, right? Ones that we can yeah. talk a lot about. And, and it it is at times myself, even as I'm teaching this stuff, it's easy to be philosophical about it. Yeah. And, uh, here's, you know, here's how this works. Then to actually turn it turn it into Tools. exactly practical, <laughs> right? Okay. 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 That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. What do I do? Um yeah. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of people on the note of your, when you first started doing those sessions and a lot of it incorporate the law of attraction, I think people can be on often either side of the pendulum. Some people, when it comes to action, their only strategy is work their asses off, right? Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm just going to work harder. I am going to work more hours. You do more of this, do more of this, do more. And, you know, I mean, there's the odd person that truly does love living that way, but I find most don't, right? That's not their dream to work seven days a week, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Yeah. Then you've got people probably on the other side that are just too much into, I can sit here and think about it and it'll come. Yeah. What do you think the sweet spot is? What do you, where do you think the magical spot of creation is? Oh, such a good, another good question. Um, well, I do want to talk about like actual practical tools. Cause I think those will be yeah. really helpful and Let's I get what you're saying this. around that. We'll do that. Yeah. But I think um, the sweet spot, like I feel like it's an inter, like this is where I talk a lot about our own inner wisdom. And really knowing like what, what that is individually and for each person. Um, I know for me, like it's, it's typically, um, it feels like there's discomfort in it and because it's edge walking, you know? So it's either you're, you're a doer, um, you're do, do, doing all the time. And it's like pulling that back and coming more into the beingness. Mm-hmm. Um, which most people I work with, that's the challenge. Cause that's how I am too. Like I could just doers. go, go, go. Yeah. Right. Um, or you're more of the, into the being and um, maybe a little bit more passive around like the, the action component. Mm-hmm. So what does that inspired action look like? But I think the biggest thing, so in the method, I talk about inspired action and I actually never really fully understood what this meant until this year okay. when I was, you know, things had fallen apart once again. I don't know how many pivots you've done, but been doing a plenty and was in one of those, another, another one of those contrast moments, which I've come to appreciate. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I just have to revision and get back in alignment and get back in the joy zone. I call it. Right. And I realized what inspired action was and it's not doing, it's not just taking action. I thought it was like inspiring yourself to act previously. Okay. okay. But what I've realized it's actually waiting until you're inspired to take the action. Like, mm-hmm. like take, like you feel the inspiration in spirit, like, mm-hmm inspired action so you feel the inspiration and you actually like you're taking the action you're committed to that action you're committed to to moving the needle to to moving things forward Hmm. um so i would say that so like looking at what inspired action means from both components like whether that's um the overworking or maybe the needing a little bit more of that spark or that fire and Mm -hmm. transformational energy yeah i love that i think that's so great one of the things i've been toying with lots and i as I'm working with people, helping them with this idea too, is that I think coming from that place of inspired action, and, and you can act without inspiration. There's no doubt. It's just mm-hmm. your your results are way less effective. I mean, that's ultimately yeah. you're out of alignment, and so you're trying to work your way into it. I think a few things can happen. I'm curious your thoughts on it. One, I think that sometimes because we're always balancing in between. Again, if this is information that you, you that are listening, you like this stuff, you think this this makes sense to me. You've also got old belief systems of how you view the world. Right. And those can be conflicting and contradicting. And so it can be a challenge sometimes because you're okay. No, I mean, this does make sense. I mm-hmm. want to lead from inspiration, but then you get fearful of if I'm not doing enough and it, and you know what I'm going with this stuff, right? Yeah. So 
anyways, I think sometimes one of the great things we could do is, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to have that inspiration to act in spirit to act, let's get to some practical stuff. What are, what's something I could do? So I'm out of alignment, right? I know I'm mm-hmm. not feeling great. I'm in, in a low level vibration. Give mm-hmm. us some stuff. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Okay. Well, first I believe like meditation was my savior. Yeah. Um, and truly, I think the reason for that was because um, it requires us to co- go within instead mm-hmm. of that seeking externally and maybe seeking answers or, or, or mm, validation or whatever those things are. And so for me, it was really like going within deeply. And um, it took about a year for me to realize the benefits of meditation because I would sit there and think the whole time, you know, like it was a real interesting journey of like patience which right. i don't have a lot of or didn't I'm working on it yeah. but um but yeah so meditation was key because i think that ability to really be in the seat of the witness not only the connection like for me you know i'm more spiritually grounded so it's like that connection to something bigger and beyond like really truly feeling that and creating a sense of inner sturdiness but beyond that it's like the ability to witness the thoughts which to me is money like mm-hmm. when you can witness your thoughts you are in a seat of power because then you get to use your mind as a beautiful magical wand instead of something yeah. that's taking you out all the time you know yeah so meditation for sure um i also well i use the joy method which i kind of touched on but um which is really built into i wrote a daily joy journal so i call it joy journaling whether you use my book or not but um, really it's using, you know, cognitive behavioral theory and therapy mixed with law of attraction to focus the mind and heart every single day, which really I would say is intentional living, mm. but this would be a practice for aligned living, you know, to really get us into the, into the being like, how do I want to feel today instead of like, what do I want to do? Or, um, yeah, kind of making it more of a connective experience, more intentional experience every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, I've done uh, in the last week um, at the time of this recording anyways, I've done three or four different interviews. Everybody, every single person, when I talk about, you know, give us something and meditation comes up every single time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it really is. It seems like most people that are starting, you know, living life at a higher level, I mean, meditation becomes paramount, paramount. The yeah. first first guy I interviewed was all about uh, pain management and how to transform mm-hmm. your pain. And that's what he brought up. And there's more to it. That's what you're, The next guy was all about abundance. Now you're hearing from Jillian on joy and meditation. there's a common theme. There's a common <laughs> theme for sure. I love it. That's collective consciousness. I love it. It hundred percent is. Um, I want to hear your take on this idea. And uh, because I think that a lot of today, especially the mm-hmm. way social media is the way it's d- designed to hijack our brain. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, anyways, my, my point with this is this idea pleasure versus joy. Mm-hmm. Because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that um, feel like, no, 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 you know, I mean, there's lots of stuff I like doing. You know, drinking alcohol, as an example, is a pleasurable experience. It can be anyways. Yeah. It can be very unpleasant too. But but yeah. talk about that. What's what's your take on pleasure versus joy? Oh, I love it. Okay, so we both love Esther Hicks mm-hmm. and Abraham. Um, so for me, so I truly believe that we are here to feel good. Okay. Mm. And that does not mean feel comfortable. Mm. And so for me, the difference is a human versus soul difference in the humanness. We want to feel comfortable. We want to feel good, which equals pleasure in our humanness. Okay. Um, From a soul perspective, we want to feel aligned, which is like soul joy, I would say. Mm. So I feel like um, joy is more of an internal, like soulful experience. 
Um, and it can look bright and shiny, more like happy or, you know, um, but that pleasure is really related. Yeah. It's related to the humanist, like pleasure and pain and the, that kind of dichotomy. And, um, and I love pleasure. I think pleasure is amazing. I think it's a great barometer as well, but I think it can steer us down the wrong path in our, in our human mind and selves. Um, because like pleasure will say have another drink in that moment, won't it? Or have another, um, chocolate bar or watch another show or keep scrolling on your phone. Like it's like dopamine related. It feels like, (laughs) um, whereas joy is like, sure you want to do that? Right. (laughs) Like joy knows better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think of it like high self, low self a little. That's how yeah, I do okay. clarity through contrast is like, what is low self? You know, when I'm feeling misaligned or shitty, it's always yeah. like checking in with the thoughts or are they low self thoughts or high self thoughts? And, mm. you know, pleasure, I think it's beautiful in balance. Right. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting thing to play with. What do you think about it? Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I love what you talked about for sure. I think that uh, as I've thought more about it, I mean, pleasure is... You know, it's kind of like that temporary thing, something Mm -hmm. external. I do this external thing and then, you know, I watch the movie, I play the video game, I eat the chocolate bar, the chips, the drink, the, you know, people are into drugs or whatever. And it's that temporary experience of a positive feeling. And that's, of course, Mm -hmm. why we want it because we want to feel. Where I think, you know, I guess for me, joy is just more of that, as you said, but that internal experience. I don't Mm -hmm. need anything external in order to feel that the sensation, Mm -hmm. I mean, in some ways at times, maybe they feel similar. I don't know. You know what? I'd be curious. I do have no idea on the answer to this, but Mm -hmm. pleasure often pleasure related activities are like you said, dopamine related, right? You know, I scrolled the Instagram. I love it. I mean, I'm hooked on this thing. Why? Because that's how they designed it, right? You get the likes, you get the comments, just playing right into their Boom. (laughs) And uh, the chocolate bar, all those things are the dopamine hit. What I'd be really curious is, what does joy when, you know, if they could measure it, this person, truly they're f- feeling joy. I wonder what's going on in their body. What's the, mm. what are the neurochemicals? What are the neurotransmitters? It'd be interesting. I'd be curious, you know? Yeah. We need to get a doctor on board. We're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> Unless someone's already done it, then we just need to do a little research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd Would love it, to. It'd be an interesting thought for sure. Yeah. Um, sure. Tell us a bit, you know, I'd love to hear maybe some, um, I guess for, you know, some kind of like, client breakthroughs or something like that? I mean, people that you helped with this and then how did their life start to change? What have you noticed when people started to use the joy method? Mm, I love that. Yeah. Cause it feels really remarkable and, um, inspiring. So I am currently guiding some facilitators. So I call it the joy sessions facilitator program. And they like the people in this program are, it feels like next level and they are all kind of living, breathing, embodying the joy work, which I would say is the joy method. Um, and yeah, I feel like, um, one person in particular, I call them joy warriors. I call everyone in the community joy warriors, um, has used the joy method is like really using it and for all aspects of life. So she said how the joy method is she's using it with her husband and she's using it with her kids and like she's using it everywhere and just noticing such a significant shift in her life and particularly in her marriage. She was sharing with me how she kind of was using it. And I was like, were you talking to him about it? She's like, no, I'm just like moving through it and then sharing components of it, you know, like really around um, what could, because when we can notice our thoughts, it's so powerful because you know that, you know, it's not always, it's not really about you, you know, like these, we take our lives so personally until you realize like, everyone is in their own life that personally, you know, Mm -hmm. and that we're all doing our best and that 
we're all actually deeply connected and we're all mirrors for each other. So when you have that level of awareness and you can approach relationships differently in terms of like, how can I hear you better? Like, what do you need? And what does this look like? And really understand each other at a deeper level. Um, so that was profound. One of my biggest, a couple, like I really actually like work. So I love, I, a lot of my clients are women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just because I'm a woman, they identify woman, I'm a woman, mm-hmm. they identify with me. So it's kind of easy to see themselves in me or like see what that might look like for them or however that looks. But I really love working with men because um, I feel like there is such a transformation possible when you give, you know, men, and I'll just say people who haven't had access to, you know, emotional tools or things to, to tap into that side of themselves because, because of the belief that like they're not into it or they don't know how, or it's just like not something men would want to do. But what I have found is like, I have a client who, you know, I went to go work with him and his wife actually. And I brought my crystals and, you know, (laughs) I show up and I take him out and I light a candle and he's just like, holy shit. Like, and very honest, like very honest men just sharing like, wow, you know, like that's weird. (laughs) Um, But the willingness to actually move through the process, like with me and, um, and like, I would just say he's, and I told him today, actually, like you're, you are, you're an amazing, like joy leader, you know, and the way that he uses meditation now and the joy method and journaling to shift his life. Like even in session today, he was saying, yeah, like, I'm just going to, you know, focus, like talking about the challenges, which we all have challenges and limitations or the contrast we experience, but how he's going to focus on his meditation and his journaling and, and stay in alignment and keep his vibration up and like all of these things. And I'm like, holy amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like the work that I do in the world, like it's become clear, um, that it's meant to be practical, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it can get really intellectual or either like intellectual and really grounded or super, um, I don't want to say channeled, but like wooey for mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. lack of a better term. And people just don't really have anything to like really grasp onto that that is something that would help them. And I feel like what I realized about joy is that, you know, when I'm thinking of like how I can serve best, it's really like, what, how can you help someone to feel better right now? Like, Mm -hmm. what could you give them right now to feel better? Whether it's on a podcast or in an email or, you know, on social media. And I I love social media too. Like, I think it's a powerful tool for positive shift in the world. That's how I use it. Um, and, um, and yeah, just like, just knowing that people just want to feel better. And if they're coming to you, then it's because you have medicine that they need, you know, like just kind of trusting that and then just showing up authentically and giving them what you got, give them what you got. That's what I always say. That's awesome. Yeah. Really great. I, I think a byproduct too, is as you focus on your own joy, joy part of yeah. me is a soulful strategy, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. Then you do get to, I mean, the natural byproduct is that wears off on other people. You get to bring that to the world and how you can give yeah. it's a compliment, whether it's just a eye to eye connection. I think today, again, because of cell phones that um, as connected as we are, I think we're often more disconnected, you know, yeah. less and less eye contact with strangers, et cetera. So I think there's so many ways that we can bring more joy to the world for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah I love it. Definitely is. Uh, going back. I'm, I'm curious, what was the hardest part about getting sober? The feelings. Um, the hardest part about getting sober was the feelings and then, and then, um, really being willing to move through the discomfort around, um, not hurting people, but like, as I reclaimed my own joy, it meant that I wasn't making everyone around me comfortable anymore. Mm. So like my family was scared of me. (laughs) 
because I became boundary lady. And I was like, no, I started using the no word, the no bomb, you know, I'll call it. And it's like, (laughs) no, I will not do that. And just not being willing to sacrifice myself anymore. I think that was really, really uncomfortable. And so like I, I like the not drinking was not the hard part. It was actually my relationships that were tricky to navigate back into alignment and it took time and it was really, really uncomfortable. Like I remember just thinking like, holy shit, like I can see why people, you know, continue on because it's so challenging. But, um, but you know, my family is, they're amazing. And, um, my brother is the best joy warrior I've ever known. He, he also practices meditation every day. He's got a better night routine than I have. Like if I call him past nine 30, he'll be like, why are you calling me? So like, it's my wind down routine, you know, he's got his, <laughs> his sage diffuser and he's had his Himalayan salt bath and he's got, you know, he's doing his meditation. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, again, I think like for me, it's really knowing that I'm not here to be perfect and I don't preach perfection. Like I actually am here to show the path in terms of how human you can be. And it's why I look at my history with the drinking and addiction. And like, I thank it because it's allowed me to be, you know, so relatable to people who are also in it. Like this is the human experience and it is wild. It can be really wild. We're not here to be perfect. So it's a practice that I commit to every single day and I'm not perfect at that either. But the more that I show up for myself, the more that I mind my own light Mm -hmm. and my own energy, the more that I focus on like giving from that overflow. I think it was that shift with sobriety Mm. was like realizing that like I could actually be giving so much more by giving from my own overflow and that my desire to keep those around me comfortable was actually keeping them small. Mm. Yeah. Because comfort, we're not here to be comfortable, you know? Mm. And so it's like, I'll protect you. I'll keep you happy at this. Yeah. Well, how is that teaching them any tools around like what it means to walk their own edges in this lifetime and grow in their own way, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that uh, you share with vulnerability, your own path Mm -hmm. and, what that's like, because I think it does, it opens up um, for all of us to, okay, yeah, that's wonderful. Someone else went through it and to be able to share it. I think it's, I think it's really great. I think it's powerful. Um, Opposite question on that. You may have answered already. What was the greatest blessing of getting sober? Mm. Yeah, I feel like that one is really like coming home to myself. Like really, I can't explain it. And, and, you know, maybe you've got listeners that are, have walked the path of addiction, but that moment of when you choose differently, like when you're like, okay, I've fucked up or I've done horrible things or whatever that looks like in your mind, in your heart. It's mm-hmm. like when you say like, it's almost like a cleaning of the slate. It's why like, I believe all the joy work that I do, it's around befriending the self and it's around compassion for self. Mm-hmm. And it was in the moment where I forgave myself. That mm. was like, a mo- it felt like, a, like, um, a miracle. Really? Yeah. And like a coming home. And from then forward, it's been like this balance of what that looks like. And I, and there are moments I still come home to myself when, you know, I've, I've made another mistake or something doesn't work out right. Or I hurt someone I love unintentionally, you know, those places. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't show up in the best way or, you know, all of that sort of stuff. It's like the, these opportunities to continue to come home and, and um, unfold more of who we are in this lifetime. I celebrate those, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. I think think what you're sharing is so important for everybody too, of just the idea that, you know, uh, your behavior and actions are not always going to be perfect. You as a spiritual being, of course, are perfect. The humanness of us is imperfect. I mean, there's not going to be perfection in all that you do. 
And I think that I, I used to feel this way for sure. Actually, you know, Robin Sharma, you familiar with yeah. him? Yeah, yeah. It was him at a seminar. I went to Toronto uh, with a good friend of mine, Paul. And of course, Robin coaches billionaires and the top athletes and all that stuff. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember where it was this aha for me. This is a decade ago, probably now. And he said something to the extent of, he said, hey, listen, the, even the best of the best, the world class, the top of the top, you think it's that they're kind of like robots and they never have off days and they never mess up. It's not the case at all. They do. Yeah. They're just not so hard on themselves and they get back on track. That's, yeah. and it was almost like Julian, it was like, oh, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. I'm not, you know, maybe there isn't something wrong with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think you shared yeah. that, how, listen, I'm, I'm practicing this stuff every day. Yeah, I'm working on getting better, and it's it's so true, right? It's yeah. so true. Permission uh, to be human. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mastery is never ending, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Once you think you're a master, you're probably not. You're probably a disaster. <laughs> yeah, you probably <laughs> are. Joking. Yeah, totally, you are. Yeah, so true. Um, yeah. Hey, so people can get the Joy Journal. Where's the best place? What's your website? So the Joy Journal is on the DailyJoyJournal.com. Dailyjoyjournal.com. Okay, we'll get that. The, to it's the the dailyjoyjournal.com. Yeah, and um, and I am found on jillianshecker.com. Okay, and well, Jillian Shecker on all the channels, the regular channels. We'll have that on uh, on the show notes and everything. Connect with Jillian, everybody. Get mm -hmm. uh, get into her work, and if you're if you're wanting to get into journaling, if you've been thinking that's a good thing, I should do that. Definitely, definitely get started there. I love the idea yeah, of what yeah. you're talking about with cognitive behavioral therapy combined with law of attraction. And I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Journaling's transformed my life. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Um, in closing, what do you want to leave people with? If you had one wish for them, one thought you want to, they, if they're going to remember Jillian Shecker, man, she said this. <laughs> <laughs> Make it good, Shecker. Um, I think it would be that joy is your number one job. Like mm -hmm. what would it look like to make joy your number one job in your life? And uh, yeah, just... I look forward to hearing how that, how that unfolds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. That's so great. Everybody. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in. I told you it was going to be good and uh, get, get uh, checked in with Jillian's work. Learn, learn more about it. Part of me and make joy your number one job. Your life is going to get better. That's for sure. Just yeah. on that alone and doing it. If you're new to the show, make sure to subscribe as always. Make sure to share this episode with at least one person. Tag Jillian, tag myself. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you soon. Mm. Thanks, Jillian. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks. You bet.